And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 267, aka Year 6, Week 17, coming at you this week. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Richie Rich, along with MC, Ken Schooland. And since this is your call-in show for the week, uh, those numbers 335, oh, excuse me, 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301, that's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. Uh, so what is going on with you guys over there in, in the lockdown state of Hawaii? Well, I've been trying to get everybody to take vitamin D. And the reason is, is because... Uh, nobody in the you know the expert community, the the smart uh, government uh, provided experts. Um, if if they really wanted to help people, I think they should make a public announcement at least that you know in, in addition to doing stupid things like you know wearing masks or staying six feet apart from everybody, uh, everybody should take vitamin D. Fair. Um, yeah, I think. And and here's the thing. They know that 75% of people in the U.S., uh, I don't know how accurate that number is, but it's, it's probably close. More accurate enough for this show. More than 50% <laughs> uh, have a vitamin D deficiency. And, and I think it's funny because I, I tell people they should you know, make sure they have enough vitamin D in the midst of a, a, a virus outbreak. And they're yeah. like, oh, there's no proof. Like, wait a second. There, there's actually a word for not having enough vitamin D. It's called vitamin D deficiency. You know? <laughs> well, but if everyone's always vitamin D deficiency, maybe there's just no linking it to the current uh, pandemic. Right. And so the thing is, people have gotten so accustomed to getting sick from the flu and that being just okay, or people dying from the flu and that just being okay, that they never stopped to wonder... How can we reduce the deaths from common things such as the flu? So, yes, getting make, making sure you're you're not deficient in a very powerful and effective uh, booster for your immune system. Um, that, that's going to help. You know, just it's it should be common sense. But the thing is, it's it's not common sense because it, you know. Uh, you know, people aren't worried about being vitamin D deficient because it's just become normal. Well, be, oh, and because and, no one's dying from vitamin D deficiency. Well, they right. are. It, they, well, they get the, well, they get the flu and they die. Right, but they, but they die of the flu. That's what I'm saying, right? If, right? if you get the flu, it's no one's linking that to a vitamin <laughs> right, D right, deficiency. Right. Right. Like, oh, it's the flu. It's a common. It's, people die of it every year. COVID, fucking thing. That, that this thing. People are dying of it. They're not linking it. Um, right. I think I've been, you know, I remember early on, uh, I think pre-lockdown, when this, when the, the COVID-19 was just kind of starting to hit U.S. soil, um, I was on Free Talk Live and someone called in and they said like, you know what the cure for it is? And I said vitamin C, right? Because I know that when I get sick with that sort of thing, right, I load up on vitamin C and I try to keep myself as healthy as possible. Um, his answer was significantly different than that. I'm not going to share it here. Uh, but yeah, so vitamin C, vitamin D, and right, what helps build and maintain a healthy immune system, uh, exercise, right? So what they've done in the case of all the lockdowns and shutting down the gyms and you're not allowed to go outside and whatever is 
put people in like the least healthy position possible mm-hmm. because you're not going to get vitamin D naturally from the sun mm-hmm. and in what dose who knows right but at, at least at least you're getting some mm-hmm. right and you're not outside exercising right you're going for that brisk walk or hitting the gym the the the, the two most important things in keeping yourself healthy regardless of what virus or you know germs might come about and they're they they're actively preventing people from doing so so yeah take you know take a vitamin d supplement take a vitamin c supplement exercise as much as you can wherever you can whenever you can right and and keep your immune system up so that in the case that you do contract whatever virus either this one or the flu or anything else right you increase your chance uh, of beating it. I think another one of the statistics thrown out was, you know, uh, obesity played a large role in the people who were actually dying from it, right? right? But, so, do, but do you know why? Because they're vitamin D deficient? <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if you're obese, uh, the, the vitamin D isn't isn't nearly as effective because vitamin D is fat-soluble. So, okay, uh, yeah, you don't want to be in that condition. And if, and if you are obese, then maybe you need to take uh, even more vitamin D just to... Uh, make sure you have enough. So yeah, I want to I want to transition this conversation ever so slightly into the realm of of a discussion that me and you were having on Facebook. A brief discussion, MC, because I really wasn't sure where you were going with it, and then when the direction that you took, I, I wasn't really. I clear. think I, w- I was just waking up, and so maybe it didn't make a whole lot of sense. It made okay. It made sense somewhere deep inside of me. Okay, <laughs> let me let me just say this. <laughs> It it made sense, but not in response to what I said. Exactly. So let's let, let's run. Th- but it's important. So let's run through okay. this. So another buddy of ours uh, posted this on social media. Uh, fun fact: If doing your own research, quote unquote, consists entirely of searching for things on the internet and watching YouTube, it's not quote unquote research. It's consuming content, and makes you about as reliable a source as any cat video connoisseur. So that's the original post, right? And, and my uh, response to that original post was basically it's, and you can chime in on this too, Ken, it's economically inefficient if everyone had to conduct their own research on every topic that was in dispute, right? Like there's a reason why we defer to the experts. Uh, it's because it just doesn't make sense for everyone to be an expert in every single field at, at any given time. Um, and your response, MC, and this is why I think it was more in, in uh, a rebuttal to the original one, was, well, maybe we shouldn't listen to the experts because the experts aren't really talking about, uh, in this particular case, this, this vitamin D um, healthy aspect of it, right? The, the experts mm-hmm. are you know, clearly off the rails right now, mm-hmm. and common sense should prevail as far as, yes, get some vitamin D, get some exercise, you know, you don't necessarily have to watch a YouTube video on it, but just what you know to be true currently about health, maybe maybe defer that way rather than waiting for the experts. Um, so I wanted to give you an opportunity to, to comment on that. Um, and also, if you want to jump in, Ken, the economic inefficiencies of having to be an expert on every goddamn thing before you're allowed to have an opinion on anything. Oh, yeah, I agree with you entirely on this point. Uh, you know, you look at any kind of uh, study and research, it's filled with citations um, of other sources that, that any researcher is putting pulling together. They're, they're a puzzle builder, you know, right. putting together lots and lots of pieces and perhaps looking at it in a new way and then contributing maybe some original uh, thought or evidence. 
but it's always drawing on tremendously variety, tremendous variety of sources. You can't expect original uh, research to be the only kind of uh, research that exists out there. Ah, but if you're not doing your own original research, Ken, then you clearly should not have an opinion. <laughs> yeah, well, there's... Uh, that's a way of excluding everybody out uh, of uh, an opinion other than your own. <laughs> seems to be the goal. Yeah, yeah right. Seems to seems to be the the gotcha the the go to yeah. gotcha answer. So my my thought process about the original thing said if if doing your own research consists entirely of searching for things on YouTube, then it's not research. And so my 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 thought process will was well maybe some of the, the experts and the researchers should be watching some YouTube videos because there may be something really commonsensical that they just forgot to mention. Or are maliciously <laughs> avoiding it, right? I don't, they I don't can't not know about vitamin D. Well, nobody can not know about it. But I didn't, I didn't really think about it until my favorite YouTube doctor, uh, Eric Berg, uh, brought it up. And, and then, so that got me thinking, okay, it's, it's, it's kind of like when when, when the politician gets up there and says, uh, I'm, uh, I'm the, the, what did Ron Paul say? He said, he said, I'm the champion of the Constitution. And I was like, well, they should all be the champion of the Constitution. So they should. for me, it was like, vitamin D is healthy for you. It was like, yeah, and, and we should, we, everybody should know that. Like, that's part of our immune system. And, and on top of that, we know uh, a large percentage of po population is deficient in it. So it would make sense to uh, for everybody to look at their own health, their own body first, before asking a doctor, uh, what is the cure? <laughs> I think there's something worthwhile about being um, somewhat cautious about the weight of information uh, that you get on the research. For example, it may be just a rumor, okay, vitamin D is, is good for your health, or maybe melatonin is good for your health, or, you know, any kind of assertion can come out um, from common ordinary use. People just feel that way. But what I liked about Matthew's uh, assertion was that he was saying, um, and there's this evidence behind it, uh, meaning that, okay, the people with uh, uh in certain areas of the world or with a certain amount of exposure to the sun are getting it less, uh, getting those diseases less. You know, there's, there's some evidence behind it and that's what gives it credibility as opposed to just a rumor. And okay. I think it's, it's important for all of us to be uh, sorting these things out because there's, there's a lots of, of things that can be just rumors that are, that are not necessarily substantiated, but it's interesting that they come up because from someone's idle observation, uh, the researcher may, may hone in on that and say, ah, ah, let me think about what's the basis for that. You know, because throughout history, human beings have always been looking at something that worked better than something else yeah. in, in coming yeah. up with home remedies for all kinds of things. And many of them have given enough substantial evidence over the years that we've found good medicinal values from, from things we practice. Well, we also look back on like medieval medicine, go like, what the hell were those guys thinking? How could that have possibly <laughs> ever worked? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, let, let me ask you this as a follow-up, Ken, since, you know, college professor, right? If someone was doing a research paper and they cited YouTube or a YouTube personality, uh, does that fly on its face? 
Do they have to provide uh, the, the, the sources of citation that that researcher, quote unquote, or YouTube personality used in their, in their video? Uh, how, would that, how would that work uh, in an academic setting, in your opinion? Well, a, a close parallel to that is Wikipedia. A lot of times in the early years, people uh, dismissed readily any citation from Wikipedia saying, ah, oh, that's that's uh, not real research or that's not real evidence yeah. and so on. Well, I, I, I think, used to, tutor, I sorry, real quick, the, I used to tutor a high school kid, you know, when he was going through and we used to, we used to go straight to Wikipedia. And what I told him at the time was uh, don't cite Wikipedia because teachers hate that, mm -hmm. right? But go down to the citations in Wikipedia and cite those, right? Exactly. That's, that's the yeah. direct link to where Wikipedia right. is getting the information from. So if you're going to if you're going to put a piece of information in your paper, right? You can't cite Wikipedia, but you can go through all of Wikipedia's references, right, and cite each and every one of those. And Continue. I really like Wikipedia because it's 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 the digestion of thousands of points of view. You know, I'm I'm always impressed with how they are able to incorporate lots and lots and lots of sources to fine tune uh, the evidence. I'm I'm impressed that it is good as good as it is, and it's probably a lot better than than these studied peer reviewed journals that can be totally nonsense, um, even with all of the academic uh, backing, because there's the psychology and personal motives behind the whole peer reviewed journal world too. Sure, but is it is Wikipedia better than Encyclopedia Britannica, or what was the in uh, Microsoft's Encarta? Because that's what it was competing with, right? It was like this, this, this type of information at your fingertips, uh, sourced globally, right? But, you know where where anyone could edit. In which case, most you know what what it comes down to is those citations and experts editing it. Um, but rather than from one source, right? Rather than from just Britannica or just Microsoft, right? You have this open source collaborative effort uh, of the world of information. I'm actually much more impressed with this open source of collaboration than single source um, dissertation because, you know, you're getting tremendous ongoing evolution in the concept and the ideas and the points and counterpoints uh, all along. And they're, they're cautious and measured the way I've seen them. I haven't seen uh, outrageous statements that don't quickly get challenged, you know. Well, there's there's been a few news articles um, where people have fudged the Wikipedia entry to to, uh, to for personal it. gain. Well, and for oh. personal gain, oh. right? I think uh, Stephen Colbert, when he was doing the Colbert Report before he went completely off the rails with his new nightly show, um, I for, I forget the whole story, but he basically like had uh, the Colbert universe um, edit some Wikipedia entries to put some weird stuff in there. Right, just to see how long it will last, and it did. Right, like enough people, enough people, you know, f fans of Colbert's went in, and it was like he edited the page for elephants or some some weird thing like that. I I'd have to look up the actual story. Um, there's been another one where uh, a, a guy got backstage to a concert because he edited the band's Wikipedia page and said that he was a relative of the band, and so when he tried to get backstage, like, no, 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 check the wiki. I'm a, I'm I'm the cousin. You know, and security let them through, right? So it, the the system can be gamed, uh, but does that mean do, do those gamings of the system warrant uh, the dismissal of the entire system? Oh, that, that's a good point. 
I'm sure, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I think you have to use careful judgment about all these things, but I, I rely on it. You know, if I want a quick piece of information, I was looking up the word uh, czar, for example, you know, the drug czar, the food czar, or something like that. Yep. Uh, I just wanted a quick reference. I went to Wikipedia, and it said it uh, originated as a Slavic term for Caesar. Uh, so I just quoted that. I cited that. I mean, it sounds fine. I mean, but I suppose I could have spent uh, hours finding more information about that. But that was, I thought, well enough for a news article. Not necessarily what I would rely on for a uh, a peer-reviewed academic journal, but for a newspaper or post on social media, it's good enough. Okay. Oh, all right. So that also begs the question then, uh, going back to the the original issue of whether or not these things can be considered research, um, are we required to only read uh, peer-reviewed academic journals before, uh, before you know, making claims or making citations? No, I don't think so. I mean, if, it depends on what your, um, uh, your purpose. Like I said, if, if it's going to be a, a news article in the newspaper or a post on social media, no, I think that it's fair game. You put all the things out there because the, the opposition, if they want to challenge it, can, can readily access it, the, you know, the um, uh, alternative information. But if you're a journal that doesn't want to have any challenge to the veracity of what you're uh, allowing through the, the doors of the publishing house, uh, then probably it's worthwhile to see that there's a check and double check from reliable sources on everything that you say in there. So that's another issue that I, came... I had a book, for example, once. Um, uh, that was, uh, I'm sorry, to, I probably shouldn't even mention this, but okay, I, I wrote a journal article about the Japanese education system, and I cited in the journal article that uh, a particular minister of education was saying that they needed to use electric shock electric shock to punish students for school phobia and then essentially truancy not showing up to class and um, i cited that in the journal because i had read it in the newspaper but then later when i was writing the book about this whole thing i felt like i had to exclude that that piece of information because i couldn't find the original source i had the name of the person and the date on it but I couldn't find the original source to cite, so I just left it out, even though it was a very, very important point to make in an art, in a book about Japanese education. So, I mean, yeah, you, you make judgments on your own depending on whether or not you want to have your whole work um, uh, dismissed because of challenges to certain to the veracity of certain statements. Well, and that's, that's another issue that I run into quite a bit on social media. Got blocked by another leftist who's like pro-shutdown and pro-state uh, this week, so I'm kind of proud of that. Uh, but part of the discussion was, like, I made the claim that if you violate quarantine, right, you run the risk of being kidnapped, caged, and possibly killed, right? To me, that goes without saying. Like, I don't need to find a citation for that. It seems, it seems like common knowledge, Right. But she was like, she demanded uh, that I find a credible source that made the claim that you would be kidnapped, caged and, and possibly killed for violating, uh, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the self-quarantine. And so I found an article. Right. I'm like, I don't know what you consider to be a credible source, but here's the, like the top result from Google. Right. 
yes, you can be fined, arrested, and you know, and jailed uh, for violating self quarantine, right? And then the rest of the conversation just divulged into her making the claim that she asked for facts and me not providing them. I go, the facts are right there. What do you want? You want you want like every law cited? Like I'm not I am not personally in the business of doing the research for you, right? If you don't if you think that my claim that you can be arrested and and jailed, right, for violating the law, uh, and and it's my and it's then my responsibility to find the fucking penal code. Right, I go like to the count. You know, the 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 governor's orders, right, cites the law of which they're basing their order on. So you got to go look up that law, right? Oh, what what does that law say? You can and cannot do. All right, what does it say? The penalties are for that. Now you got to do that for every jurisdiction, uh, in your in your city, county, state, right? And then you got to do that for every state, and then you got to do that on the federal level, right? Just just to prove, just to make the point. Uh, that you know you can be arrested, kidnapped, caged, and or murdered for for breaking the law. Like, what it's, are these people talking just, about? It's just their willful blindness to it. The, the That's very what it fact was. That you use you use terms which describe very precisely the actual action of uh, you know violence uh, that's used against someone. They don't want to hear that violence. They, they don't want to hear it. They, yeah, when you when they say arrest they just say they think somebody who's being disobedient but you think wow the state is using the full force of the state with its guns and its cages oh not prisons jails but cages um to control people and with the threat of death if you resist well and part of that that's stuff they don't want to talk about part of that was because she claimed that there were not multiple classes of people right all people are equal we are all the same class I go, great. <laughs> so you should not have a problem with these words then because to imply that uh, arrest and kidnapping are different, right, implies that there is a different class of people, a different group of people with special privileges, right, where you don't call it kidnapping when they kidnap you, right? They're performing an arrest, right? They're, you're, they're not caging you, right? They're placing you in, the, in jail. In custody. Right? In custody. custody. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Right? It's it's not murder when they do it because murder is a legal term that implies an illegal killing. Right? When they do it, it's a lawful killing and therefore not murder. Right? So so I tried to point that out too. Right? Like the fact that you think that those words carry different weight is because you, you know, subconsciously internally believe whether or not you want to type it on Facebook or not, you internally believe in multiple classes of people. Right, the group that gets to, and the group that does not get to, right? I feel bad for the you know the the the, the businesses that are forced out of business. I well because there's a different class of people, right? Walmart can open, small business can. It's a different class. You can't ignore that. You can claim that we're all equal. Evidence is to the contrary, right? And if you feel bad for the businesses that can, and then then and then it was like, oh, well, but they they can reopen under the guidelines of the state. <laughs> well, they shouldn't have to, right? Like, what what's what's you know there there should be choice. Uh, another thing that came up briefly, I, I, I say briefly way too much because I well, I'm fucking long winded as all hell. Um, <laughs> Southwest Airlines, this uh, the the people that were posting it, I knew from their you know previous posts that they thought that this was a bad idea. Right, Southwest Airlines uh, decided that they they weren't going to uh, force uh, flyers uh, their customers to wear masks on board. Right, I went holla fucking you, Lula, or however you say that, hallelujah. Right, uh, 
Because at least now there's an airline that you can choose to fly if you don't want to wear a mask, you know, 30,000 feet up in the air where the air is circulating anyway, right? There, there's choice in the marketplace. And they were like, no, this, this Southwest Airlines, you know, they're, they're going to be harming people. They're going to be contributing to the spread of the virus. They're a danger to society. I go, well, then don't fucking fly them, right? Now you have choices, right? You, you want the store that forces you to wear the mask or you don't, right? Costco, uh, this was from last week, right? Costco said uh, everyone must wear a mask um, and, you know, no refunds if you choose not to and you want to cancel your membership, right? That was like Costco's position last week. Sam's Club, Walmart, no mask required, right? So guess where I prefer to shop, right? Sam's Club and Walmart. Yeah, Costco can take their, I don't have a membership, but I have, I've had one in the past, but they can take their whole membership and sit and squirrel, right? Because that's, but if you want to be the ones forced to wear masks, there is now an option for you. You guys go shop at Costco, right? Us, us people who want the choice, right? You can wear a mask and Sam's Club isn't stopping you. Walmart isn't stopping you from wearing a mask, but you can wear a mask or not. They've granted you the freedom to choose what's what's right for you, right? And and now now we have some choices in the marketplace. But if the state mandates it, right, all that choice is gone. And I, I fear that that's also where we were eventually heading, is where the state mandates this particular uh, garb that everyone must wear, and that businesses are no longer free to choose, and customers are no longer free to exercise a choice in the marketplace. Thoughts? Let me ask you... Um uh, a parallel situation. Okay, now uh, the, the mask presumably isn't just protecting yourself. Presumably, it's it's shielding other people around you. The the secondhand air. I'm not um, even going to make that presumption because, and we can get into that too. But I will I will grant you that for this for the sake of this statement. Um, is this something that people have already accepted that the state may do it because they did it with smokers? And companies, businesses decided whether uh, aren't allowed to, to decide whether or not to allow smokers into the building or not. You know, and and for for the most part, the the whole of society has has accepted that uh, the the rules of smoking interior in public places or or wherever are the the domain of the government. So it's already been accepted that principle. Is this, well, and, is this and, different? And to do that, they had to minimize smokers, right? They had to make the, the smoking class um, second-class citizens, right? Oh, you're a smoker? Not in here, you're not. Um, mm-hmm. And I will be honest. I was, I was a victim to that uh, earlier in life because as a non-smoker, I didn't like the smell. Didn't like being around smokers, right? Would prefer not to uh, be around those people, but they were allowed to be in the same spaces that I was allowed to be in. Um, and so when they said, like, yeah, yeah, 20 feet from the door, I went, good. Because now I have a 20-foot clear path of fresh air to the door. Um, well, was the, was the smoker aggressing against the non-smoker? Uh, as, in what sense? Because the argument that I had made back then, and I still hear being made today, even though I've since changed my opinion, right, is your right to smoke ends at my nostril. So if I can smell your smoke... It, I, I could I could reasonably accept that as a form of aggression. Uh, I don't necessarily make that argument anymore, but it's out there. Yeah, well, these are these are tough ones because um, uh, the the property line is uh, not confined by the airspace. The airspace is moving with 
virus, uh, bacteria, and smoke, and uh, yeah. Or barbecue. So We've talked about barbecue on this show, right? If yeah, I can yeah. smell your barbecue, you're aggressing. Right. Or sound. I mean, all of these things are complicated. You know, I would say that, uh, well, I suppose this is where you, you fall back on common law. Lots and lots of experience and people sorting it out in real life and then establishing basic uh, principles of, of uh, civility dealing sure. with these issues um, over long periods of time. And there are new circumstances, but certainly the idea of a virus is not a new circumstance. Ah, but not one as, as, as deadly as COVID-19. Well, yeah, I've, certainly not, the plague was much more deadly. Not, not <laughs> one as, as, I always forget the term for this, as contagious uh, as COVID, right? It, it travels, travels quick between people. Yeah, so the thing is, like, COVID's, travels uh just as easy or easier than the the common cold um but, ah, but also, not as deadly you can get the common cold and still survive tomorrow well sure but my my point is that well i have to go back to vitamin d the the, the most <laughs> the most the, the, the biggest percentage gain uh, of survival you will have is by making sure that you have enough vitamin d even more so than wearing a mask or or even sheltering in place like they're doing in New York City where the, the, they're finding the people that, that that are getting it, you know, 60% of them were staying home. Because so, they're not healthy at home. Exactly. They're not getting their vitamin D. They're not getting the nutrients. They're not getting any exercise. They're not getting out there. They're breathing fucking New York circulated air-conditioned air. There's no, there's no fresh air about. Right? No wonder. Right. I don't need well, a YouTube video to you know to make that common sense argument here. Well, that's what I'm I, saying. You don't have to be an expert to figure out how the, the world works. I'm with you. I think it's clear that if, if so many people are getting uh, the disease at home, you, they should be banned from staying in home. <laughs> that was my argument. I, I, wanted, <laughs> I wanted people on the left to understand how frustrated I am by somebody saying I have to stay home. And I said, imagine there was a law that says you are not allowed to stay home to be safe. That's how mad I am. <laughs> well, because for you going out is safer, right? Going out, going well, out for you. It's not even about safety. It's, it's about, this is my life yeah. and I should have the ability to choose who I interact with and where. You should. Skydiving and surfing are accepted personal risks they don't ban surfing and skydiving because um there's a higher incidence of injury or or mountain climbing uh, every, it's always accepted on those areas that you you choose the level of risk that you want scuba right. diving you know you, but if those people get injured they should not be allowed to be treated at the hospital because they knew the risk right you you knew you could have gotten hurt therefore the hospital doesn't have to treat you because meh. Why should they have to treat you for being a dumbass and like you know hurting yourself surfing or mountain climbing or skydiving? I remember one time being at the Castle Memorial Hospital, sitting there in the waiting room, and I picked up one of their leaflets, and it said, "80% of the people in the hospital are there for lifestyle-related diseases." Actually, that's by far the most. You know, smoking, drinking, driving, uh, lack of exercise, bad diet, diet—all all these things are part of 
health choices, and hospitals don't re don't reject people if they say, "Oh, I'm sorry, you you had a bad diet. We're not going to re uh, treat you." No, they they like it, and that's why they don't tell you to get sufficient levels of vitamin D. So you have to end <laughs> up in the hospital. They they love repeat customers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's conspiracy theory, point. but it's. <laughs> It's totally valid that they, they could test you, they could test your blood and then not tell you that you have a vitamin D deficiency. Or even maybe they don't even test your blood. I you know, talked to Ken earlier today. You know, how often do they do a comprehensive blood test you know, on people? Well, not unless you're like really sick. You know, like that's, yeah. that's bad to me because you should get tested and find out what deficiencies you have before you get sick. Like if, if you know there's a virus going around that's potentially deadly, you might want to know how deficient you are before you get the virus. Not wait until you're already sick going into the ICU to go, well, yeah. maybe I should have taken some vitamin D. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. Well, what you're saying about the medical profession is, is very true. And it's not just now. I remember doing a play, Doctor's Dilemma, by uh, George Bernard Shaw, in which he made the assertion that you know the, the most successful doctors are the ones who never really cured their patients or prevented them from, from getting the ailments. They were the most successful, had the most uh, visits and, and uh, income. And it's uh, maybe not consciously in their mind for a lot of them, but it's subconsciously part of the, of the monopoly system of uh, the medical profession that doesn't allow uh, the competition as open in these kinds of remedies that would be much more helpful to people's health. Well, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of times that the capitalist system will get blamed for that because the the profit is in the treatment, not in the cure. So, well, if, I would say that's uh, when you say capitalist, I, I'm thinking crony capitalism because the medical profession is so privileged. This one particular yeah. Uh, uh, philosophy of medicine has been shielded from all other competition and philosophies of medicine in the legal uh, world so much so that it's about it's either that or self remedy self treatment yeah and uh, that's not uh, you know many other philosophies of medicine have been outlawed or dismissed well hypothetically right if if someone were to develop the cure for cancer right let's say it happens uh, under a pure capitalist system, no cronies, no whatever, you know, the, the anarcho-capitalist system where there's no government interference, uh, they, they, they find the cure, they make their first run mover advantage off selling it, there's no repeat customers uh, because their, their clientele is now cured and can go on living and no longer spends money with that company, and it's infinitely reproducible by competitions, so they lose money there. So... If you remove that protection, right, what's the incentive for those companies to develop a cure, and why don't they do that now? Well, that's assuming that the only motive that someone, a free person has in a free society is to make money. That's not necessarily true at all. Um, there are lots of motives, and they're as wide and ranging as anything. There are a lot of people who spend their whole lives uh, doing things just because they want to achieve a better world, and that's not necessarily by making money. It's a good reward for it. It helps encourage uh, the behavior and to do more of it on a broader scale. But it's not the only motive. I mean, right, if so, I, so if, people if do if things said, for things other than money. Yeah, of course. Where are these people? <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you? 
<laughs> no, please carry on. No, I, I I hear the argument. I just wanted to get it on record. Go ahead, Ken. <laughs> no, uh, sufficient. Yeah. So so the the so the cure. So what's okay? So then again, what's stopping the cure from being made today? Is it is it I because of the cronyism? The guys, the guys or is it just who, that difficult to come up with that sort of thing? The guys who invented the scientists, for example, who came up with the cure to. Hansen's disease, uh, leprosy. I, I extol them because they um, they set their minds at, at curing this disease. They made these breakthroughs. It wasn't just one, wasn't Hansen, but it was. There were others that were working on it too, and um, they cured the disease. I don't think they got rich from it. They may have gotten uh, fame from it, although I'd say not nearly enough fame. Yeah. I, um, but uh, that sense of self-satisfaction from a of, of killing that disease is an extraordinary uh, reward for the scientists who accomplished it. So should we be praising Bill Gates now for coming up with the vaccine for COVID-19? Is that, is that on the table? Like He's working on it. He's the guy working on it. So <laughs> what I don't like is that the media and the government says the only two effective ways to deal with this is... Uh, isolation, social distancing, and uh, and vaccines. And I disagree with that. For one, there's no proof. There hasn't been enough time to prove that. Uh, same as, you know, you can't prove that uh, vitamin D would be effective. Okay. Doesn't the social distancing part make sense, though? Like common no, it, sense? It makes sense. But my, my claim is that they're saying it's the only way that that you can deal with it. And, I'm, and it might be the only way that you can be sure, but it's not the only way to deal with it. I would actually like rather take a, a bunch of vitamin D, zinc, uh, hydroxychloroquine, uh, quercetin, and voluntarily get the virus myself and get over it, get over it, get the antibodies. I'd rather do that than take the vaccine. Okay. And and so. And, and we can look at areas in, in the world where it's currently summer that they have much less uh, coronavirus deaths or even uh, symptoms. And so I think vitamin D is, is a good example of something that they purposely overlook because they want something that's 100%. You know, 100% doesn't necessarily mean better, especially if you consider, you know, you have to shut down the entire economy to accomplish it. Yeah. So, so I would rather 100% see, should still be the goal, though. I mean, well, I'd rather see a government order saying everybody needs to make sure their vitamin D levels are, are not deficient before we have a, a nation, nationwide uh, lockdown. Okay. Yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to like support the lockdown until we get 100%. But I'm saying like try whatever you think is best for you in the interim until some such thing comes along, you know, and says like, "No, no, this is do it." There's 100%. Yeah, it without fail. It, it may never come. come. But but even there's if, people even, even when they come up with the vaccine, we're still going to have to wait 10 years to find out if it worked. You know, there's going to be a lot of research. Or the long-term effects, right? Right. You, yeah, you don't get that, to test yeah. the long-term effects after 3 months. Right. But they what might force that down me, everyone's throat. What disturbs me about this sort of thing is that I think uh, we we may be fairly comfortable with our situation because we've got so much wealth to fall back on and, and, and as our reserve. But there are so many parts of the world who are just being crushed by this. I was going to say, who's this, who's this we? 
Right, but there's a bunch of poor people in the United States are getting handouts. First world problems. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. I mean, there's uh, what out here in Hawaii they said they had a couple thousand people lining up in their cars waiting to get the the food handouts uh, here. Let's put it this way: there are some countries where people have resorted to stealing from grocery marts uh, or supermarkets and the supermarkets have closed down because they couldn't uh, afford enough security to keep people from uh, robbing them. So uh, that, that has happened as a result of lockdowns and that's really sad and it shouldn't have happened. Okay. Go on, Ken. Oh, no, the, to reinforce that, of course, the, most of the third world is much poorer than we are and they're on the edge when they, you know the the advances that the markets and economy in the last uh, few decades have lifted hundreds of millions of people out of poverty, and that means a lot in terms of their existence. And now, they're dragged very rapidly back into poverty, and that's desperate because they've experienced prosperity and wealth, and now um, not only starving, but uh, their employment is gone, and and it, it bothers me that there's so much of this attitude in America. Oh, you only care about money. You don't care about lives. You only have profits. They don't see that the economy is what sustains the the yeah. livelihoods of people and gives uh, nutrition and and uh, well-being to to people on a you know vast vast scale. That's so this, uh, the the shutdown is probably going to be much more. Co- catastrophic i think than the than the coronavirus itself could ever have been that is one area that i keep harping on every chance i get in every discussion i can i have with you know the people that are like pro lockdown who think this is only about money Uh, i go like you're missing the entire production side of the equation right If, if if all you want is to like sit home stay home and have the government having everybody money that's fine you can think that but you're not going to have anything to buy, right? The, the reason to get back to work is not because we're greedy uh, or that we want, you know, we want to get a haircut, right? It's not, it's not to put the nail salons and the hair salons back in business because, like, we demand that they work for us. It's because production needs to ramp the fuck back up, man, right? You know, things need, things need to get made. Otherwise, you're going to be sitting on a $1,200 check or a $2,000 check that won't buy shit, Right? Because at some point, stuff stops being made when nobody's allowed to work. And if they pump more dollars and, uh, you know, deflationary debt bubble, whatever, uh, if you pump more dollars into an economy with with diminishing supply, you're only asking for all the prices to go up. It has to. There's there's like how that is is even debatable or why no one why no one from the left even thinks about the production side of things and like what are you going to do with all that money that the government gives you if if no one's allowed to produce and make anything right um, i know they talked about the the price of beef going up and the price of meat going up and the meat shortages and that is one area where i am 100% concerned about right um, and i have here in in new hampshire i have like a barometer that I use for like the price of beef. Um, so Walmart has this like, you know, 10 pound tube of ground beef. Um, have you seen this thing? Either of you guys, you guys did the Walmart no. shopping. Okay. 10 pound tube of ground beef, uh, you know, it was like 20 bucks. And so I went, all right. So when I'm, when I'm buying like higher end ground beef, you know, from the, the regular meat shop or whatever, that's kind of what I use to gauge it. Right. Cause we'd buy the 10 pound log, and then I'd part down into like, you know, we'd you know, 
make 10, wrap it up 10 times, make one pound in increments, and then freeze that, right? Seemed like an economical and efficient way to like keep meat, right? Uh, I was at Walmart yesterday. That same log, right, where last month or pre-shutdown was 20 bucks, was 40 goddamn bucks. Like the price of, of 10 pounds of ground beef at Walmart doubled. Uh, well, clearly we need price controls to prevent the price gouging, right? No, no, because <laughs> there was only like three of those things left, Ken, and there'd be zero, permanently zero, if that went into effect. But I hear your point. Yeah, you're right. Go ahead. No, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, the, the impulse of the general public when they see the prices go up, they don't understand economics at all. Of course, they're printing money. They're producing fewer goods. The prices are going to have to go up. Uh, if you want any kind of in continued production. So they, they resist that with these pervasive price gouging laws. And of course, they're asking for immediate shortages. And then they'll blame the shortages on, on uh, the suppliers. That being the, it's, yeah. you know. You guys aren't producing enough. Well, yeah, because you're not letting anybody go back to work, fucker. <laughs> right? Or they pay them more than what they can get uh to be unemployed uh, so many reports are coming out now that the unemployment benefits are greater than the, than what they were getting so they say no i don't want to come back to work yeah there was a, a mayor in uh, D uh michigan or detroit one of those areas i think right don't don't quote me if i got the geogra geography wrong um but they basically said like someone brought that up it's like my 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 employees don't want to come back to work because they're getting so much more on unemployment and the guy, you know, savage, right? He goes like, well, then you're not paying your workers enough, right? If you're competing with unemployment, you got to raise raise your wages, right? So how can can you expect, uh, is, that, is that a reasonable expectation that uh, employers now need to compete with the money press, the money printing press privileges of the United States federal government when it comes to unemployment? Can they compete with that? Is that even a reasonable expectation? No, they can't compete with it. And so what the, do you do uh, then? What do you what 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 do you tell that mayor, right? Who said like, ah, oh, you just got to raise your wages to pay these people more if they're getting more from unemployment? Well, it's it's not just the wage. Also, they're saying, well, you know, at home I get to watch television. And I, you know, my time is my own. If I go into work, then I'm working forty hours a week at the behest of somebody else, and and I'd rather not. Plus, and getting uh, paid I might, less. I might get. Uh, you know, uh, I might get the disease there. Whereas at home, I'm I'm comfortable. So clearly, the the options aren't uh, aren't even the same. You know, you can't say, "Well, we'll pay you the same as you're getting on uh, unemployment benefits." It's got to run out. Uh, and uh, you know, the Democrats just came up with this three trillion dollar package that's going to be more than the previous four uh, uh, rescue packages combined. Um, uh, the Republicans will resist it, but my guess is the Republicans uh, have an alternative package uh, that's going to be, you know, not as much as the Democrats. Right? But they're both they're both going to be putting. I mean, they already have signed off on the on massive bailout stuff, and uh, so what are the options? Uh, okay, so what are, what's the chance of a Libertarian get elected this year? <laughs> a zero. I don't know. We don't have to transition to that, but uh, yeah, I don't know if you pay attention. But Justin Amash just dropped out earlier today. That's what I heard. That's yeah. what I heard. Why? I mean, did he uh, think he was going to win? Well, okay. If, if you want to get into it, I can pull up. I can pull up like the tweet thread. But part of it was he was confused by the process of the Libertarian Party when it comes to uh, uh, voting, right? Like how they how they elect their nominee. 
Uh, and one of his tweets basically said, like, this is this is not the path that leads me to becoming uh, elected president, basically, or some, something to that effect. Like, this strategy is not the one that makes me president of the United States. Like, well, did you think it was? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't figure that out before yeah. he announced. Yeah. Before, before you changed your party affiliation to libertarian, you thought that you were going to be, you thought of all the ones who've like come before you, you were going to be the one uh, that won the presidency as a libertarian. Give me a break. Uh, uh, but anyway, but you can get into that. Um, uh, oh man, I wanted to get back into what you were saying. Oh, I was, I know what I was going to say. So I was, uh, you know, I was at uh, a dinner, um, I think either last week or the week before. I don't remember the dates anymore. And I, this goes back to the unemployment question. And I was corrected because one of the things that I was thinking with the current situation, uh, and you know, feel, feel free to correct me again, Ken, um, was that all of a sudden, right, it's an employer's market. You, with everyone unemployed, uh, when, when people start to get back to work as an employer, you have your pick of just about anyone because clearly there's, you know, there's positions to be filled and a bunch of people to fill them with, you know, companies uh, shut down, going out of business, uh, you know, prolonged uh, layoffs or whatever. You know, they're, every, everything's not going to start up the same right as it was. Uh, and the correction that I got was no, because nobody wants to go back to work. Right. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's still an employee's market uh, mm -hmm. where you get to pick where you want to work because employers are going to be desperate uh, for workers because no one wants to go back to work at this point. Like they, they've had a taste of the free life, I guess, the, you know, the, the socialist life where you sit at home, do jack squat all day uh, and collect a check from the state. Uh, it's hard to give that up. Ken? Uh, no, you're absolutely right. Nothing, nothing to add to that. You're right. Well, I think it's sad. Uh, you know, this, this, I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm, I'm, I am grateful to be employed, right? I am thankful for getting the hours that I do, right? Uh, because I've, you know, everything that I do, uh, you know, the, the three, the three current sources of, of labor for dollar income streams that I have currently, um, are all technically essential, right? So I, I missed not a single day. I missed one day, but I missed, you know, nary a day uh, of, 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 of work from this lockdown, right? Like my, I work for the storage company. I've, I've picked up, uh, overtime hours because Hey, they're available and I'll, I'm willing to do it. Um, you know, I've maintained, I, I, you know, a, a janitorial work for the bank. Uh, so I go clean the bank. Uh, free talk live is, you know, they, it's not a huge tech, uh, but they do pay me for, for going out there. Uh, it covers, it basically covers like my gas and my dinner. So it's, it's not like a real, it's, I don't want to call it like a paid gig, even though technically is. Um, but like that, that's an essential job, right? So I, everything that I, everything that I was doing prior to the shutdown, I've been able to continue to do through the shutdown uh, as far as employment is concerned. And I was grateful. I was like, sweet. I don't, I don't have to sit at home all day. I can, I can stay busy. Right. Um, I'm grateful to have those positions. Never did I thought that people would be so grateful for staying home that they wouldn't want the job uh, coming back, right? Like you know, it's bizarre to me how 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 the how quickly the tides have turned to people going like, no no no, just give me give me my twelve hundred dollars, that'll work, uh, and then right the, the I think the latest talks was like another two thousand dollars coming everyone's way. Um, yeah. What's the point? Why, why go back to work when you're getting a $1,200 stimulus check, $600 a week in bonus unemployment and another two grand coming, right? If you're talking about low wage, you know, uh, unskilled labor, 
that's you're bankrolling at that point, man. That's like that's more than the fight for fifteen people were asking for because the fight for fifteen was just the bonus six hundred. Thoughts, Ken, MC. No complaints about that. That's you're right on. But that's but that's again that's what businesses are competing with, right? How do you how do you compete with that? If if you're if the position that you had available was only worth ten dollars an hour, right? And they're getting fifteen dollars an hour plus for not working, right? Then then basically like your business is just done, right? There's no and they will they will cheer that on. Right. If you can't pay a living wage, you do not deserve to be in business in the first place. One less producer, one less small business. Right. Giving way to one more, you know, Walmart, Supercenter, Amazon, whatever, uh, taking over. Right. And they're not known to be very high paying, you know, great places to work either. But they're the ones that can sustain the shutdown. They're the ones that, you know, can can uh, move stuff around enough. And without small businesses, they're the ones that can raise the prices later on, right? Because where else are you going to shop? If you're, if you're trying to get stuff, you know, where else are you going to shop right now? Like Walmart, Sam's Club, Costco? Uh, small shops are shut down. Only the big ones are open. And their prices are going to go up. And I don't think their wages are going to keep up with it. You know, Amazon was paying better initially, but now they've I think they've gone back, right? Overtime's done. Uh, uh, you know, uh, new hires done, right? The, 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 the ramp up for the crisis is pretty much leveled off. They're, they're back on normal production. So I've heard, right. Not going to cite my sources on that one, uh, but done. And now the prices are just going to go up. So then what, right. And then you got your $1,200 check, your $600 bonus unemployment to, to buy what, you know, who knows, who knows later on, right now we're fine. Everything's getting more expensive. Like I said, meat prices in my mind have doubled. Um, but what comes next? I don't know. Shortages. Uh, an irony of all of this is that uh, the blame won't be to socialism or to a political party uh, or Trump because he's a, the president. It's The blame is gonna go on to the disease and um, and so the and the the public will be just befuddled. We we have to have some strong man to lead us out of the sea of darkness and into the light. All right, we've only got a few minutes left. But who's that strong man going to be? Right? Is it going to be? Is it going to be Trump? Because I can't help but think that that he's trying to get out in front of the parade by you know telling people to uh, rise up against their democratic leadership <laughs> governors. No, did you hear what he's doing? The, the latest? It was announced on CNN yesterday. Uh, then no. So fill me in. Okay, it's Operation uh, Warp Speed. Oh, I heard the warp speed thing. I didn't read the article on it. We're gonna okay, so we're gonna get this virus cleared up, warp speed, or get a cure, warp speed. Right. Something it's, to that effect. Go ahead. So, so he's totally bought the idea of a vaccine. Um, he also said we're gonna open up before the vaccine is ready. So, which is a good thing, but he has no power over that. True, um, and and he—it's it's so sad because it's like, uh, well, what is he supposed to do? He's supposed to tell people to resist their their local state governments. That's what he's doing. And, he said uh, that. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know. What what quote that is exactly? I didn't, I didn't see that. But. Well, because he wants to open up the he wants to open up the economy 
So more power to him on that, right? Like, you know, golf clap. Yeah, but I didn't, hear, I didn't hear him say to actually do anything against the local government. Oh, I yeah, I will find the tweet for you after the show then, because this, this was a few weeks old already. Yeah. So he was in an interview, and he basically said, like, um, I'm the president. All the power comes to me. If I want to open this up, I will. And then after the interview, uh, he realized, no, that's not true. The governors are the ones issuing these diktats to shut down uh, the state economies. Right. And so then he went on like another mini tweet storm that basically said, uh, if your governor is shutting the state down, all you Democratic governors that won't open up the state, uh, you know, the, the people need to rise up and do something about that. Right. He was, he was like oh, okay. rallying on the Second Amendment folks, uh, which is why you had the armed protest in Michigan. Right. And then right. like, go, go, Trump. Uh, because Trump asked for it, right? He's, he's trying to rile those folks up uh, to yeah. do something in their state to, to, to open up. Because he knew he was yeah. powerless to do so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he said, he said peaceful. So. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> peaceful protest. <laughs> which, which makes no sense. That's the other thing, right? They, they, they cry racism. And, you know, it's always like the, the peaceful protest is fine. As long as the government keeps it peaceful, right? The protesters aren't doing much, uh, even the ones that are carrying weapons or right, you know, tools right. of self-defense, until the state comes looking for a fight. So if they come looking for a fight, then yeah, it, it is. Yeah. That, was, that was the case in Hawaii when they held the rallies down in the front of the Capitol. The police started arresting people, you know, and, and, police, and the, the, the citizens got uh, angry. I think they, they badmouthed the police. Oh and no! Just, bad mouth. That just them. irritated them, and and they they arrested uh, three of them, I guess, right? And uh, and of course, I, I think they're suing, but uh, that's going to be no consequence to the police. I don't see the point in in the protesting, though, uh, if you're not going to take over the government because uh, they're not listening. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a pushback. I think the the governor is is sensitive to the people who who yell at him you know it's the squeaky wheel gets the grease um and that's one complaint i had about some institutions in town here they they're they're trying to coddle the governor and not be too hard on him but i think that's he he's more likely to respond to the people who do are hard on him um and uh and with with logic with good logic behind it um, but I think that I don't think this, they listen to rallies much. on the. Uh, but I mean, the public, the general public, either will side with them or not side with them, depending on All whether right. they've got some basis for logic behind that. And I think the people out there rallying on the on the Capitol, um, you know, to to hear some of these public opinion polls, I don't know how much to believe them. Uh, the general public seems to be the majority seems to be okay with what the governor governor is doing, but you get enough. Who are irritated that will grow that grows yeah. and and uh and uh the pushback is i think has to be made or else or else it's a free game for him here's here's the conundrum with hawaii as far as i know right somehow maybe it's location maybe it's what the what what the lockdown orders were right but excuse me um but statistically right you guys did fairly well Right there, there, there wasn't a lot of cases, um, and there wasn't a lot of new cases, and it seemed like, uh, compared to the rest of the nation, um, Hawaii was like leading the way on. Yeah, we've got this. We've got this thing taken care of, right? 
and the, the, it was like the first uh, first one or two, maybe just the first state, uh, with like no new cases in that two-week span that everyone was looking for. Like, all right, Hawaii, no new cases, two weeks, we did it. Woo, flatten that curve, and then lockdown till June, end of June, right? 90 more, uh, uh, six more weeks of, of not going anywhere, right? Which doesn't make sense, right? If you, if you flatten the curve and you're leading the way as far as, you know, having this thing wrapped up, no new cases, so on and so forth, yeah, you, you got it beat, uh, time to get back to work, right? But no, they went the opposite, like the second wave, I don't know. What, how, do they just, how do they justify it there to say six more weeks of lockdown um, when the, the, the caseload is so low at this point that it's first in the nation? Who's buying it? Well, <laughs> they did lock it down, but they also shut down airlines and hotels and restaurants, which is the biggest part of the economy here. So we have 35% unemployment rate. Yeah, and that's going up, you know, just like everywhere else. Well, that's what I'm saying. So e- even if you grant them that the lockdown worked, right, it's over. Yeah, the, the, right. No, no new cases. Open it back up. What are they waiting for? What's what's the justification for not opening up when you've got the least amount of cases in the nation, the least new cases in the nation? Uh, proof that the lockdown, uh, good, bad, right or wrong, was yeah. at least effective. Well, here's here's my biggest. Uh, point it's is that hawaii is typically more sunny than other places and we're moving into summer there's plenty of people with plenty vitamin of vitamin d, d. The, <laughs> right. no the cases were going to go down regardless of opening up or not which is fine so how do they justify shutting it down for another no, six I, weeks i don't know how because they're they're assholes oh no okay granted why is why are uh, other hawaiians right people uh, residents of the island why are they buying in to whatever excuse the government is giving when all the data, right, st- the, all the statistical well, data that's relevant in this case is in favor of reopen? Most Democrats or left-leaning people uh, are in favor of shutdowns. They like the totalitarian control, and there's a strong correlation between infectious disease and authoritarians rising to power, so it's not a surprise. So what happens if for like the next six weeks, the next six weeks, there's not a single new case? Are they just going to extend it through August just because? Well, we got to worry well, about ma- that second maybe. wave. But e- but my point is, if they did extend it through August or even uh, an entire year, uh, the people would go along with it because they are okay with authoritarian di- dictatorships. That's the sad part. Yeah. Ken? Nope, that's fine. Yeah. All right. Final thoughts? Either of you? We're at the end. Nope. Ken? No, no additional things. I'm sure there's, uh, this will still be our talk for a long time to come. Well, I, I, I had like nine articles, not all of them COVID-related, that we could have got into. And, could... and since we saved the world again, uh, this time with vitamin D, uh, there's no reason to go on anymore. We can just end, end the show here and uh, retire. Oh, my goodness. I, okay, I am not looking forward to that because I still like coming on here and venting. All problems of the world. Okay, we need to ban vitamin D then. No, no, no going out in the sun. Just stay here and listen to this show. Listen yeah. to uh, The Anarchist Experience because that's where you find us, and that'll do it for us. Yeah, find us at anarchistexperience.com, uh, telegram, uh, t.me slash anarchistexperience or t.me slash the anarchist experience. Uh, one's like the, the, the group page. Uh, where you can interact and what I just uh, post up the articles. So 
figure out which one is which because I don't always remember. Um, and if you'd like to contribute to the show financially, uh, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash The Anarchist Experience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace. Aloha.